Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and this week we continue to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation album and tour, and we're going to be speaking to award-winning choreographer Anthony Thomas. We also chat with our music editor Sharon Hyland about the rise of superstar artist Lizzo, whose career has exploded this year. Choreographer Anthony Thomas was responsible for creating the iconic moves behind the Rhythm Nation project and world tour, and we're so happy to speak to him about his groundbreaking steps. Anthony, welcome back to the Kelly Alexander Show. It's Kelly, good to talk to you again. So a Thank lot, Janet fans. <laughs> fans are going to be super happy to hear from you. And you know, a lot has gone on since uh, we first had you on the Kelly Alexander Show, specifically the big Janet Dancer reunion that went on uh, in October of 2017 at the Hollywood Bowl. So I have to start with that. Can you take mm-hmm. us through how you got the news that Janet wanted you and the others to perform with her again, uh, specifically at that concert? Well, you know, it was an interesting moment. My wife and I, we were at... Um the Grove, and, and, and uh, you know, if anyone knows me, I'm a big sweets fan, so we were sitting down having a donut, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she goes, what time is it? And I said, I don't know. I said, let me see. She goes, it's okay. So we're having, like, this race to get to the phones and, and tell each other what time it was. So just as I pulled my phone out, I looked, and I saw that I had a, a notification, and it had Gil's name on it, and I froze, and she said, what? She goes, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. So let me open this thing up. And so anyway, Gil was uh, saying that Janet wanted me to put together uh, the Rhythm Nation performance for the Hollywood Bowl, bringing in, you know, basically her all-star cast, everyone who's been a part of her uh, career at some point to come out and perform the the piece. And so that's how I heard it. And it was just, we were just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So then Terry... (laughs) Terry texted me and he said, uh, hey, can we get together a little bit and start working on this? You know, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm ready. He said, we only have a few days and, I mean, this is Rhythm Nation. So I said, sure. So then he, then he texted me back, I don't know, maybe an hour or so later. And he said, hey, is it okay if Tina comes to you? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then he texted me again. He said, is it okay if we invite a couple people, a couple more people? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And next thing I knew from like just the two of two two of them and three of us, it was gonna it was like fifteen people showed up. And uh I mean it was amazing. Uh, it it was it was so cool, you know, and um it from the start it was nothing but love. I mean from the moment we saw each other at the dance studio to uh finishing our, our last bow, it was love all the way you can feel it. I mean people were crying. I mean it was just so emotional and so supportive, and, and it was such a fun, fun event. And, uh, I mean, the Hollywood Bowl is outdoors, but if it had a, a roof, we blew the roof off that thing. Amazing. And can you talk to us a little bit about that rehearsal uh, that went on? Because it's funny, Tina had kind of mentioned to me that about that rehearsal, and even uh, Cynthia had mentioned it too. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I hadn't heard the backstory. I didn't know that it started out, it was supposed to be just you and Terry, and then it morphed into this thing. Um, <laughs> can you talk to us about what it was like to be in that room? Because from what I understand, from what Tina had mentioned, um, you know, like just, you know, various different dancers were coming in from the different tours. So it must have been really amazing for you original guys uh, to see what the younger ones were so excited to be a part of it and to, and to learn from you specifically, because this is your, your jam. Yeah, it was so humbling. I mean, and like I've said to you before, Kelly, it's 
I never get tired of, of hearing the stories of how the choreography and the videos and the songs affected people's lives. And, um, you know, we were, you know, again, my wife and I, we were just in Hollywood the other day and we're leaving. We're getting ready to get on an elevator. And this guy runs over to me and goes, are you Anthony Thomas? And I said, yes. And he said, oh my gosh. He said, I just want to thank you, you know, for, for, you know, for what you've done. You have no idea. I wouldn't be a dancer if it wasn't for you. I mean, and I'm holding a bag of groceries, you know, in, in this moment. Yeah, this moment is happening, and my wife and I were just smiling. And I'm, it just, it's just so touching. And, you know, I'm, I'm always so humbled by it. And, and, um, and so it, it was just to be in that room and to have a lot of those dancers basically say the same thing to me as, as um, you know, this, this young man was sharing with me. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a privilege. And, um the room, I mean, it went from, like I said, from a pre-rehearsal to, um, you know, 15 people to, uh, you know, just, just hanging out and, and working on things and vibing to the full official rehearsal when we had all of those dancers. I don't even remember how many of us there were. There was a lot. I mean, it was, there was a lot. 30 or something <laughs> like that. And um, so, it, uh, like I said, it was just buzzing and, and uh, you know, to be able to, to – I mean, even Marty Kadoka came by. He wasn't in it, but he even he came by to watch this thing. Wow! Uh, watch the rehearsal. Yeah, watch the rehearsal go by, and um, and it was it was just great. The energy and the focus. I mean, I did have to uh, snap a couple people into um, <laughs> hello. Um, you have now entered my dojo. You know, and, and uh, you know, snap them into into shape, into discipline. Um, and we went in. I mean, you know, Allison Falk and, and Teresa Espinosa, they were very helpful in, in uh, helping different people. And, and, of course, you know, they would um, talk to Tina or Terry, myself included, of course, about how certain things went and, and movements. I mean, so they got a chance to really, really see, um, for some, Rhythm Nation for the first time. Because they, you know, especially Teresa, um, you know, when we worked with... Um, on the uh, lip sync battle. And um, so she had an opportunity to see what Joseph Gordon read it. She got a chance to see certain things that she never knew, you know, information in the dance that she never knew before. And it was just mind blowing. So people, we had those moments <laughs> where it was like, whoops, I never knew that was even in there. So we had those moments, but again, it was, everyone was really, really supportive of one another and, and, uh, and, and just pushing and, and sharing and, uh, it was, I mean, honestly, I, I say that it was love. You could feel it. It was in the air uh, from the first moment we saw each other, like I said, till the moment we left the, the uh, Hollywood Bowl. It was just, and that's why I think the fans who saw us perform it with Jen, even she felt it, and it was so powerful. There was a moment where she just like, there was a drum accent and she just like, Wah! she just kind of yelled out because it was, it was so strong. And um, I think that's why the fans and everyone who witnessed that performance was just like, that just slayed everything, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was powerful. It was powerful. And, and, and some of us have stayed in touch since that performance. Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. And can you talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit, Anthony, about what it was like on the actual day of the show when you guys were backstage getting ready? Because I'm assuming there was like excitement, but also maybe fear slash nervousness, especially because I'm sure some of the dancers yeah. hadn't danced this in a, in a long time. Yes. 
Yes, yes. It was it was all of the above, everything you just said. And, you know, we were so focused. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think I re- except for dinner time, there wasn't a moment where someone wasn't working on the piece with at least two other people, minimum. And, I mean, from being in the green room or outside or near this little, little area right before you hit the stage, it was, I mean, people were constantly, we were constantly going over the piece over and over and over. I mean, literally from the time we got there and put bags down <laughs> in the green room to hitting the stage, you know, we, it was nonstop. And again, it was just, I, I mean, I can't emphasize it enough because I, when I talk about it, I can still feel it now. The love was, the substance of it was so powerful and so strong. And, um, Everyone was just, I got you, I got you. I mean, it was it was truly the funk army of the century. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, we had each other's back. It was just, it was phenomenal. And Anthony, as someone who's been in the dance community for, for so long, obviously you've seen a ton of different dancers. You've seen a ton of them, uh, you know, either attempt to, to do Rhythm Nation or what have you. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, in your opinion, because you've been around for so long and you've seen the different uh, generations come up, What's the difference between being like a Janet dancer versus everyone else? Because there has to be a difference. It just feels like that to a fan. So I can only imagine what it's like for someone who is in it like yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, here, here's how I see it. Um, anyone who does or has performed, like say, if we're, if we're speaking about Rhythm Nation in particular, if you learn it from me, what you're going to get is how it was born from the beginning. So I'm going to tell you that there's a message behind it. I'm going to tell you it's not, it's not about the dance steps. The dance steps, the choreography of it, is really just the visual, um, it's, it's, it's a visual message just spoken through dance. And so even when we, um, when we perform it, you know, once people understand that you, all you have to do is just strap in, understand what Rhythm Nation is all about, and then go, then you just, you just take the ride on the roller coaster. But when you just learn it outside of, you know, myself or, um, you know, someone like Terry or Tina, who was a part of the original crew, then it just becomes a dance routine. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you don't understand, you don't understand the power that it really, really, truly has. And so you're not going to be concerned about getting every hand gesture or head gesture in the right place because you're just thinking about, man, I got to kill this thing, but you don't kill rhythm nation. You know, if you do, then rhythm nation kills you Right. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it has, a, you know, and I tell everyone, even the crew, I said, it has a power of its own. All you have to do is understand the message of it. And when you understand the message, then you sit back and you let the music take you and you let the lyrics take you and your perspective is is totally different. You know, so um, that would be the difference between, you know, someone who danced with Janet doing it the, the true rhythm nation way or someone who's just doing rhythmation as a routine. Joining us on the show is dancer and choreographer Anthony Thomas, celebrating the 30th anniversary of Rhythm Nation. You can follow Anthony on Instagram, at Thomas. 
When did you first lay your eyes on Janet uh, for this, you know, reunion? Because I know, I think you had told me the last time we spoke, it had been a while since you and her had caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, the, the the reunion of it, again, it was such a surprise. And, and uh, I know we've tried to, and I've tried to uh, stay in contact with her over the years, but having different reps and different people who have worked with her off and on, you know, you get lost in... In, in all of that, you know, who, who, you know, who's taking care of certain things, who's responsible for certain people being able to get through to her and, and all of that. So, um, you know, I've been able to talk to a couple of people uh, off and on. So in regards to, to having the reunion, making it take place, I mean, that was just, it was, it, it really feels like just, it was the right time. It was, it was timing. And again, but my wife, she, she kind of had a feeling, you know, Melissa said, I don't know. I just have a feeling she's going to call you. And I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then that day, you know, thank goodness for that, that rich, tasty donut. Yeah. It, it just happened. <laughs> it, That's awesome. It happened. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was great. And, and then, you know, being able to, I mean, we got very short notice on the call, but, um, you know, Tina and I were contacted about Janet wanting us to attend the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in New York. I live in California. Tina was, um, as you know, she was on the East Coast at that time, so she was able to to attend. So that was, you know, just a very sweet gesture, and, and, and I thought very, you know, lovely of Janet to, to think about us. And during that October 2017 reunion, were you able to have any moments alone with Janet where you could just catch up for a few minutes? I know there was a lot going on, but did you have a few moments with her? Oh, we did. We, we certainly did. Um, you know, it was great. I came through and and we, she put together, uh, just a, a a kind of a pre-show reception of all of us dancers. And, and, uh, by the time Terry Tina and I arrived, uh, you know, the party was already in full swing, or the gathering was, and then she turned around and she saw Tina and she saw Terry and she saw me. And, you know, it was it was the, the, the Janet that I remember, the big eyes and warm smile, and she just hugged me really tight. And um, and then, uh, you know, everyone was trying to get to her. And I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I'm not going to uh, try to force my way in, into anything. Even as we were friends, I never thought about, you know, trying to position myself as her next choreographer. I never even thought about that. And so, um, you know, I just let her have her space and everyone have their space. And then when we were getting ready to leave, that was my moment to, to catch up with her for a while. And, you know, we just talked about certain things, personal things, and, and, uh, and that we were excited. And, and uh, you know, we both said, look what we did. <laughs> you know, we did it. And so it was, that was a great moment, too. And, and so... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun and, and just catching up and, and then when we hit the stage, I mean the rehearsal. I mean you should have seen it at rehearsal. Um, you know when we were Gil was staging it, but we went out and we hit the routine and she was just like, oh my gosh, yeah, it was so great. She was so taken by surprise. It moved her so much, and um, and then uh, during some of the rehearsals. Uh, rehearsal runs, we, we would, you know, laugh about certain things, and it was just like old times. And, uh, and then we came and rocked the show that night. I'm a little upset, though. There's something I'm still a little salty about. So Gil says, you know, okay, 
So when Janet, she introduces you, just go out and have your, have your moment with her, have your moment with the audience, and then that's it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm like the second person that they call. I think Tina was first because she was, they were doing it chronologically. So control was first, and um, which I was still a part of control anyway because mm-hmm. I, you know, with Paula, and um, and then they, you know she calls me and then I just hug her and bow to the audience and then Teresa goes out there and she starts dancing, and then everybody starts dancing. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. If I knew this was going to turn into solo time, I would have lit the place up for some people. <laughs> so I'm like, can we get a do-over? Yeah. That band, that band was funky. I'm like, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's true. Now that I think about it, the first batch of people didn't dance. And then, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. We should have a chit-chat yeah. with Janet and make this happen again. <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> i uh i wanted to ask you too anthony um and i i asked this of tina but i i and i and i want your opinion as well because you know you work with janet like you said you're in control and obviously rhythm nation was was so much a part of your life do you find now mm-hmm. that all those years later and and now that she's in her 50s and she has not like she has nothing left to prove even though i think she still is yeah. doing things but she has, she for the rest of the planet doesn't need to prove anything do you find that she's Definitely. actually um able to enjoy the success of rhythm nation for example in this instance like where she can look back and reflect because i feel like before she always had so many things on her plate where it was like mm-hmm. she was super in the moment and needed to get stuff done but i almost feel now that there's a bit mm-hmm. of like amazing nostalgia in her eyes. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. And, and for a while, she never addressed it. I mean, when we got to the 25-year anniversary uh, five years ago, um, I don't think she even posted anything. You know, yeah. maybe thank you that, if, if, if that. But, no, I mean, she never addressed And all the fans would, you know, they would highlight it and talk about it, but she never did. So I think... And who knows, maybe by us performing at the Hollywood Bowl and, and feeling that, it could have activated, you know, that, that uh, nostalgia and activated just the, the power that it still has. And um, so I, I think that now, especially since she, you know, when she did the, the, the Metamorphosis show and including the RN30, and I, I was talking to someone and they said, well, I don't think she's going to, you know, even really mention it. I said, Trust me, she will this time. I said, I know it. I can feel it. And so when the announcement came out and part of that advertisement was a special Renovation 30 anniversary tribute, I said, see, I knew it. I, you could not let this one go by. Plus, it was just, it was brewing. It was, you know, through the, with the fans on Instagram and, and Twitter, even though I don't have Twitter anymore, but Instagram and, and Facebook, they were saying, I mean, the fans were calling for it. And, and uh, especially with the, the um, involvement with the, uh, Jan fan movement, um, you could see that it was starting to swell. So, it, you know, I wasn't surprised, but I, I, I hope that she's enjoying it. You know, I, I see some things on some of her posts on Instagram, and it seems like she's enjoying it, and she deserves to. You know, it was something that none of us imagined would still be gaining you know, more followers and fans after 30, you know, nearly 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. When you were on stage, uh, I wanted to ask you this because again, you were the choreographer of Rhythm Nation and the Rhythm Nation tour. 
when you saw all these dancers from all the generations, plus your girl Janet doing her thing and, and doing uh-huh. Rhythm Nation, uh-huh. what was it like for you, Anthony? Because I can only imagine you must have been on like sensory overload uh, because it's <laughs> it's Janet's, but it's yours too. And 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 yeah. you and the original OGs are like responsible for I think the trickle down effect and the family that you guys have all become. Yeah, it brought me to tears. Okay, um, it it really did. We were in we were in the dressing room and everybody we were all holding hands and we were getting ready to. To go and I started and they're like they're pointing to me and they're like hyping me up go ahead you know what do you say something give us that talk let's go you're the captain and as soon as I started to open my mouth I could feel the tears just well up and then I could not speak it was I could not speak and Travis said don't do it don't do it <laughs> <laughs> and and I I mean the little bit of words that I finally got out and when I looked up because you know, I, I looked up and there were people just crying already they were already in tears. And it was just a, like I was saying, but it was just so thick and so strong. And, uh, but I was deeply, deeply touched in the amount of dancers. I mean, they said, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And um, it was just, I mean, to feel that, to hear that. I mean, I, you know, like I said, in our first interview, I mean, I didn't want to fail my friend. I didn't want to be the guy that went, oh man, yep. <laughs> you know, Control was killing it. What happened to Rhythm Nation? You know, I didn't want, I didn't want to be that dude, you know. And um, so so to to be able to be a part of this and to experience this is, it, it's beyond comprehension. And I know that once, uh, you know, um, the actual date drops and people start, I mean, I'm, people are already sending me DMs and pictures and well wishes, you know, like I said before. And so I, I can I can't really imagine. If, well, let me rephrase that. If it's anything like the 25 year anniversary, which they just flooded me, then I'm just basically going to put my phone on silence and just <laughs> let the day pass because I'm not going to be able to answer everybody. Oh my goodness! Because uh, 25 year was crazy. I mean, from 9:30 a.m. till 10 something p.m., I was answering people all around the world all day wow and i i loved it it just it just absolutely floored me with emotions and my head hurt so much because i was crying all day oh yeah i'm (laughs) sure and i i wanted to bring this up uh because i know that not everybody was able to be at the reunion for scheduling reasons or what have you i think jimmy wasn't jimmy locust wasn't able to be there and Mm -hmm. um seanette and a few other people um but yeah. from the original OGs, I know that uh, like Art Palmer obviously couldn't be there because he's passed away. W- was was his yeah. absence felt? Uh, and and let's say even the people who are still alive, like Jimmy and Karen, who couldn't have been there that that mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. We all we missed. I know that Art was missed. You know, and and other other dancers too, but especially him. He brought so much energy to the team. And you know, when you look at those old clips and you see him you know, dancing him and his smile was so infectious. I mean, that was art. That was no, that was no, uh, uh, acting job. That was who he was on and off the court, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, he brought so much love and and so much inspiration, uh, you know, to, to the group and, and, and to me, you know, on the tour, there were times when my energy was really down there, just, just low. And, you know, and you're like, let's go get something to eat. You know what I mean? He was like, <laughs> he was electric, and um, but but we did, you know, like I said, I missed him for sure, and I, I know 
you know, Seanette, I told her, I said, I missed you mm-hmm. dancing. I missed LaVelle. And, and, um, and so it was, it was, it was great to, to have, uh, the ones who were able to, to make it from the original team as a, a part of what we did at the ball. And, you know, when we look back on Rhythm Nation, if you can bring yourself back, Anthony, to like, you know, the set of the long form video, not to mention just, you know, mm-hmm. being on the set of Escapade and, and Miss You Much and All Right. Um, like, I get, you know, what, what's, what are some of your favorite memories, if you can bring yourself back to 30 years ago? Like, what, what sticks out to you that, that you'd love the fans to know about? Wow. Um, okay, so when I was in Minneapolis <clears throat> at the studio, I mean, Janet, uh, while she was recording the record, uh, Love Will Never, she was, singing, she was laying down the vocal tracks to Love Will Never Do. And Renee and I were sitting, we're in the lobby, he's reading something, and I'm just listening. And then, uh, and the TV was on, and I said, you know, I said, I have this idea. And uh, I said, what if, for like this song, you know, it's part black and white, and, and there's like a bunch of flags and stuff like that. It's like this, this kind of, I don't know, like a, some sort of clubhouse or hang, you know, something, some place where we're hanging out. And Janet's singing, and then when it goes into the second verse, all of a sudden it goes into everything comes into color. And he sits up takes the remote and turns off the TV and goes, say that again? And then I saw, I repeated everything that I just, you know, said. I came up with the idea and goes, I like that idea. He goes, I'm going to tell Janet. So we didn't use, we, it's like we used part of it, if you think about it, the love will never do, how they use all that fabric and stuff in mm-hmm. the video. So that was kind of like still there, <laughs> that original idea that I had. But the whole clubhouse thing, we're walking into... We're now at A&M Records where we shot Miss You Much. And Renee goes, I want to show you something. And so we walk in and, and I'm looking at the set. And I was like, wow. He goes, he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, I love it. And he goes, no, but what do you think? I said, I love it. And he goes, this is your idea. I said, what? He goes, this is your idea. He goes, remember at the studio, you are talking about, when we were talking about Love Will Never Do, you came up with that idea? He goes, this is your, this is your idea. And I went, Oh my gosh. So I don't even know if Janet knows that that idea came from me. Wow. <laughs> and That's so, crazy. you know, in the whole thing with love will never do the fabric and the flags and stuff like that. That's still, that was still a part of it. But, um, so that was, that was, that really just touched my heart. And then, and then, um, another time was when we were shooting escapades. And um, Adam Shankman, at that time, he was, he was in the video, and he was the one that was doing all the flips and stuff like that. And, and of course, now he's become a major film director. And, uh, but that particular day, I mean, it was so much fun. We're on the back lot of Universal Studios where we shot that, as we did uh, the All Right video as well. And so we're on the set, and I mean, I'm telling you, the weather was perfect. Everything was perfect. We were having so much fun. And so in between takes, I'm walking, and Adam Shankman grabs me and goes, I just want to thank you. And uh, he said, this is so much fun. He said, I told myself that I was getting ready to leave the business. I was going to stop dancing. He said, I saw the the audition notice, so I just went, just, you know, what the heck, I'm just going to do it. Whether I get it or not, it doesn't matter. I'm leaving. He said, I'm telling you, this has brought me back, and I just want to thank you. This brought me back. 
And I was like, wow. So he would have stopped dancing had it not been for the escapade video. He would have left, left the industry. Wow. The dance industry. That's crazy. And, um, and so um, on that, since Janet and I were having so much fun. She wanted me to be behind the camera this time instead of, you know, being in the video as well. She wanted me to get, get that experience. And uh, again, just an amazing mentor. And so she, she said, okay, I want you to be behind it. And just watch and call the shots, look at everything, make sure where everything is, is, is together. So, you know, at the very end where it has that really, this is like that close up and, and Janet singing into the camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> during that take, we were laughing so hard. <laughs> the two of us, I, I don't even remember what we were saying, but we, they had a cut because we kept laughing. She kept laughing, and I'm on the other side of the camera, and we are just busting up. So when you see all that joy and all that, and that smile and that energy, that was because of that, was that moment. I mean, she would have smiled anyway, but that moment was natural and it was real because we were having so much fun. So that's why she's radiating so, so strongly during that, that particular shot. Oh my goodness. That's, I never knew that. Yeah. Cause she really does look legit happy in that shot. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness. And, and I mean, I, I have lots and lots and lots and lots. When you look back, Anthony, on, on some of those times too, like if you can take yourself back, what was the most challenging video in your mind for Janet to have to shoot? And, and what was the most fun? I suppose Escapade was probably the most fun for her, the way you're describing it. Yes. Yeah, in fact, she told me that was at that time, that was the funnest video she'd ever been on. And, 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 uh-huh. and the most challenging, was it Rhythm Nation or was it the knowledge or the chair dance for Rhythm no. Is You Much? Actually, what was the most technically challenging was the all right video oh because, okay. yeah you wouldn't think so but it was technically challenging because there was so many marks that we had to hit uh during um certain passes uh the choreography the way it was staged michael kidd did the staging and um so that wasn't really easy and uh yeah, I mean, and, and just how long it took for certain things to, to get done. And um, that, was, that was a very technically challenging one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and for you, yeah. what was, the, what was the, the most fun and what was the most challenging on that project for you to, to deal with? The most challenging was wearing those two-tone shoes. <laughs> <laughs> at at 4.30 in the morning. Oh, my God, it's <laughs> true. When it was cold, you know that scene where we're, you know, we're asleep on the bench. Yeah. Um, we that that was shot at like, like four, five, something like that in the morning. Oh my god! And the shoes were a little tight. They weren't they weren't worn in yet, and those things were squeezing my feet so badly. And uh, you know, of course, you have to act. <laughs> but it was those things were hurting, and it was cold, and. Uh, so that 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 was the most challenging, one of the most challenging things. But again, we love we love to have fun, and so the scene where we're on uh, the, the 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 street cleaner truck, you know, that uh, sprays the water and stuff, <laughs> we are riding on the back, and then the, we're getting, you know, we jump off, and then the water, the guy sprays the water, and we're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, come on, man, all over my Kelly Mugler suit. 
We were laughing so hard. We loved to laugh, you know, and that was the thing. And so even then, we had to stop. <laughs> it's okay. You guys need to stop laughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm laying down. You know, we're laying on each other, and we're laughing inwardly. So we're like, we're still laughing. (laughs) You know, it was all on the inside. It was crazy. But that was fun. That was fun. But again, escapade was the best. Okay, cool. Simply. And when it came time for the tour, Anthony, um, Obviously, it's it's different staging things for a music video versus you guys having to get out there and hit your marks on stage every night. Um, was that a, mm-hmm. a challenging situation for you to have to? Because I believe that was your first world tour, right? So to get all that happening was that um, yes. was that just like super stressful on, on on your shoulders? Yes, it was. Um, in fact, i I was supposed to do the full all right video, but I just there was so much on my plate. I, I couldn't. I only did the that last section at the very end with uh, Terry, Janet, and I. And um, so Janet came into rehearsal as we were rehearsing for the tour, and she started talking about All Right, and something must have happened in my face. <laughs> she just stopped talking. She goes, you need some help, don't you? <laughs> 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 because she was talking, and she just trailed off. And so it was her reaction off of my reaction. She goes, in her soft little voice, you need some help, don't you? <laughs> and I, like, I said, yeah. I said, please. I said, will you call? I said, will you ask Terry? And so there was so much. I mean, I was doing the award shows, you know, overseas, the, the European tour, the videos, it, and the tour. I'm trying to put all this stuff together nearly around the same time. And so it was a lot. And, and um, we uh, later, as things were, were happening, she and Renee, I believe, had asked uh, Tina to come in and do some staging. Um, so she took over that. I mean, I still did some things, but, but primarily she, and she did it. And uh, in Laval as well. So, and then, you know, Terry had uh, places in there too. Okay. But Tina really, really headed up the staging part of it. But um, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. It was intense. And, um, but I think what prepared us was the videos and the European tour, uh, just how hard we work and, and just, you know, my work discipline and my work ethic is, is so strong that we were already pretty much physically and mentally ready. It was just the amount of things that we had to do, you know, that gave us the most uh, challenge. Okay. Okay. And I, I wanted to ask you this too. Um, when it came to the award show performances, cause I know, for example, a huge reason why I fell um, in love with Janet was the American music awards that year that you guys did mm-hmm. in 1990. Um, yeah. And I always love that performance, but I'm just, I, I guess I have two questions for you. What was it like to choreograph stuff for an award show? Cause I'm assuming that's also different to get something ready. And then part B of that mm-hmm. uh, would be, there was other artists on on that stage that night, for example, Paula Abdul. And I know that there right. was like two camps uh, and maybe even three camps. There was the Madonna camp, the Paula camp and the Janet camp yeah. that I think were probably all <laughs> cheering for different people. So did you guys feel any competitiveness between the, the three camps, I guess, at that time when it came to female artists? Well, you know, yeah, you could feel it. I mean, we wanted to be the best. And uh, <laughs> we wanted to be the best. And Paula... Paula was shady. I'm going to tell you, we, we used to hang out. She was. She was so cool. We, um, it was Art, Laval, and myself. 
And we were calling, I guess, it's, you know, rehearsal. And we walked over and we're like, hey, you know, I'm just, hey, Paula, what's up? We've been, you know, we hung out, all that stuff. And uh, Lavelle goes, so what, I mean, uh, I go, so what do you think of, of the performance? <laughs> and she said, well, I like the light. Oh, my God. And our eyes got big and he looked at me and, and Lavelle kind of took a deep breath. And me, you know. I'm not thinking anything. I didn't even catch it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, well, I hope you have a good show. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lavon, and then uh, I go, oh man. He goes, I'm sorry. She said that. So she said what? He goes, you didn't, you didn't get what she said. I'm like, no. What happened? And he told me, I said, oh, that's jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> um, we 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 yeah, we just wanted to be the best. We wanted to do our best performance. Um, that was my first award show in the United States. I mean, we had gone overseas and done the Diamond Awards and some other things, some other performances. But uh, that was fun. And did I share with you on our first call how I got, or our first interview, how I came up with that whole opening? No, I don't think we talked about that. Okay, so we were at the, <clears throat> we were at the uh, Arsenio Hall show. And um, we were waiting for um, Arsenio to show up because we, you know, so we had to run through everything with him. <clears throat> and that's when we did the uh, Miss You Much chair routine segment and, and the chorus. And so we were waiting and then Renee came, came over. And at the time, you know, <laughs> back in the 80s, we had the Walkman, right? So he yep. comes over with the cassette and he goes, hey, he goes, I have the, the mix for the, the escapade. Jimmy and Terry put it together. Did you want to hear it? And I'm like, yeah. So he gave it to me, and then I walked away. And 15 minutes later, I came back and said, okay, I have the intro. And he said, what? I said, yeah. He goes, and he looked at Jan, he goes, show it to me. And so I did it. It's like, wow. But it just came. We were in a zone at that particular time. Okay. You know, we, it, it was just a zone. And um, so, yeah, that, that happened in 15 minutes. I did the rest um, at home, I think, the, that same evening. And then we started rehearsing. Wow. But, um, and again, I think it, it, if I remember correctly, we were just going into um, tour rehearsals or we were just finishing All Right. Some, they, were, they were close together, so it was one of those two. But... Um, yeah, we, we were we were gone. It was a freight train moving. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I never knew about that intro because honestly, that's like my favorite part of the whole performance was that intro. <laughs> was oh, that intro? I love that you. intro. <laughs> that's so, yeah, because I remember the moment it actually came on and I was like, I, it's like I perked uh-huh. up on the couch. You know, I was 13 and I, uh-huh. I perked up and I was uh-huh. like, what's going on? So that's super uh-huh. cool to, to know. And it's actually kind of interesting too that you um, spoke about the Paula situation, because honestly, as a fan, just even with the magazines at the time, like Blackbeat Magazine and Right On and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff, like I just feel like, not that they were shading anybody, but I think there was a, uh-huh. a definite, like if you were a Janet fan, you were like a hardcore Janet, like you wanted her yeah. to do well. And, and I always kind of wondered yeah. if that translated behind the scenes where it was like almost competitive yeah. sport teams, you know? Yeah, or, yeah. And, like, and so. right, it sure was. It sure was. And I had heard that... Um, at some point for auditions, uh, Madonna did not want Janet Dancers auditioning for her. 
I think I heard that too, actually. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and what did it mean to you? Because I'm sure you've, you've seen the Truth or Dare doc that Madonna did at the time. And like there was that whole scene where she kind of shades Janet. Did that, did that just roll off your back, Anthony? Did you even care? Well, you know, I honestly, I never even saw it. Oh, okay. I never, I never saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was too busy doing my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what Tina you know? said. Tina said that five years ago when I interviewed her, she said that you guys were so in the zone that you were just yeah. like you, you, were, you had things to do and you were doing them and you weren't worried about like shady business. So that's no, that's cool. Nope. And uh-huh. uh, I have to ask this for the fans that are listening. Um, what one thing do you want them to know about Janet that they don't see on TV or hear in the music, especially now that you, you, you got to catch up with her two years ago? Like, obviously, she's the same lovely woman as she was 30 years ago. But is there something you want the fans to know about her, especially maybe because of that reunion t- in 2017? You know, that, it, I think it's, it's like this. You know, the core of a person is who they are, no matter at some point um, whether something is really uh, negatively affected affected them or, um, you know, any sort of adversity or getting over or getting through that person is still that same person. And Janet has been that same person, um, ever since I've known her. So it's like, really what you see is what you get. I mean, so if you see her as, you know, sweet and loving and fun and kind and generous, that's who she is. And, uh, and she's funny. <laughs> I mean, she's like I said, we love to laugh. She is funny. You will bring a good one out there, you know, and you find yourself just straight cracking up. <laughs> but um, yeah, she. But but I mean, she and she's generous, absolutely generous. So, um, I think that because she's been around for so long, she's been able to, and fans have really been able to see who she is. You know, um, just just uh, layers and layers and layers. You know, through the years of this is who I am, this is who I am, this is who I am, this is who I am. And so I, I'm not sure if they would even be really surprised because she, she just puts it out there. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, because the last time you and I really, again, had a big discussion on the show, she was still on hiatus at that time. She hadn't sort of come uh-huh. back yet, if we can put it like that. She'd, she'd sort of been taking a, a few years to herself. But since then, she's put out the album. She's had a baby boy. Uh, she's done uh-huh. concert dates all over the planet. Um Mm-hmm. Did you expect nothing less from her? No, I mean, I, I, I expected I expected to see uh, Janet come back and and just uh, pick up where she left off. You know, I really did. Um, you know, I, I I think, but also being someone who's been around her uh, from the start of her career, dance or music career, in regards to. Um, you know, control all the way up to the Janet, even Velvet Rope uh, record, you know, I saw a certain discipline uh, in her movements and in her focus that sometimes, honestly, sometimes I don't, certain certain numbers, I don't see that, but I don't, I'm not sure if that's her not being in that place where she, I don't have to prove anything, so, you know, I'm just going to sit in the pocket of this, you know, whereas especially how the music industry was back then. I mean, it was very, very competitive. So maybe she doesn't feel that, you know, I have to compete with somebody kind of energy anymore and just, you know, just be her and just, just be more relaxed with it. So I think that's probably more of the perspective that I, I, I see, you know, where I'm coming from is that she, 
doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. Now she can just go out and and relax and enjoy it and, and just have fun. And when it comes to Anthony Thomas, where can fans see you? What are you up to these days? Because everybody always loves to know like how you're doing and what you're doing. Well, you know, I, uh, because it is Rhythm Nation 30, you know, last time uh, I think we spoke, uh, my partner, John Featherstone, and I, we were working on our show, Rise of the Nation, which we're still working on. And, you know, it takes a lot to put together uh, a major musical. And so we've been doing that. And, and, and um, along the way, though, uh, because there is the anniversary, we kind of put Nation, um, Rise on, on, on the shelf for the moment. And um, we're talking about and planning on cooking up something for uh, Rhythm Nation 30 ourselves. So we're still... Still moving on it, still doing it, still believing in, in, in its message and its um, music and, and um, want to bring something for the fans. And, and you know, our, as our way of saying thank you for supporting the mission and supporting um, what Janet and I and, and, and the rest of the team, Jimmy, Terry, Renee, what we all put together uh, 30 years ago. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Cool. Cooking. And you're going to continue to teach Rhythm Nation, right? Because I know everybody... You know, it just seems like random times of the year they they people want that from you, and and over the years they they can never let that die, which I don't think they should, especially because you are the master of that of that mm. project. So I guess that will continue as well. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Just um, in fact, we just did something uh, to support the Marvelous show, and it was Janet Jackson Day here in Hollywood, and and it was filmed and. Um, Tina came out and she, she taught death and then I taught Rhythm Nation. And so there were some clips that um, I believe you can find on YouTube of us uh, dancing and there's behind the scenes interview stuff. And, and it was fun. So we're, we're still doing it. I'm still doing it. And, uh, you know, I, hey, listen, you want some Rhythm Nation? I'm the guy. Very good. That's awesome. <laughs> Anthony, thank you so much for doing this. I always appreciate when you make time for me. And on behalf of the fans, again, just thank you so much for everything you did uh, 30 years ago and even before that with Control and, and that the fact that you're still doing it because you're such a great ambassador for Janet. So thank you. Thank you, Kelly. It's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Always fun. Awesome. Uh, That is choreographer and dancer Anthony Thomas celebrating the 30th anniversary of Rhythm Nation. You can follow him on Instagram at official Anthony Thomas. Joining us on the show now is our music editor, Sharon Highland. Hello, Sharon. Good day. All right. We are ready to rock. So today we are discussing (laughs) the, I would say, uh, incredible rise of recording artist Lizzo, although she has been around for a while, even though some people think she's been this like overnight sensation, Uh, but she's been grinding it out for years. So I wanted to ask you, before 2019, Sharon, did you know that Lizzo was alive? Uh, I would go on record as saying no. Um... But and also sidebar that with um, overnight sensations are generally defined by the people that find them. It's right. not a reflection of the work that they do. So it's not because uh, of any lack of effort on her part. I just wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Well, she's been. She has quite the the, the story to, to tell. I don't know all of it, but I know that she actually studied playing the flute in college or university, one of those, and then yeah. somehow managed to find her way to Minneapolis and ended up uh, 
uh, being on a Prince record, which is incredible, like several years ago. And then from there, she just kept grinding things out. And then here she is, um, you know, in, in this year, just everyone's freaking out over her, her song Juice and Truth Hurts. And now she has a new single out called Good As Hell. And what's interesting is that um, Truth Hurts managed to get to number one on Billboard, which is amazing, two years after it was originally released. Amazing, eh? It's I think crazy. that's, again, a reflection of uh, people sort of coming to, uh, having their coming to Lizzo moment. It's true. <laughs> uh, find, hearing something that, oh, that's good, this must be new, and then digging on uh, all the stuff that uh, led her to this point. And it takes a lot of work to be considered uh, an overnight sensation, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And she's demonstrated that. And I think it's also a reflection of her, um, for her to have uh, crossed paths with Prince, to her credit, that's um that he just doesn't do he didn't do that for just anybody he saw something with the people that he worked with in every case right whether they were already established or uh you know it was always rooted in in talent so good on her for that too and yeah that's pretty something special for the resume for sure i know that to you and i she's fairly new but i the sense that i get from her when i've seen a bunch of her videos including one that she did with missy elliott uh called tempo and it's just insane this video but she seems to come across, and I don't even want to say seem, she, she's very authentic. I don't think you can pretend to be that. And so, and she definitely seems that she's not trying to conform. So is that what you like about her? Because the, in, a, in a world where I think that so many artists have to pretend on some level to be something they're not, she is not doing that. I agree with you 100%. And I think uh, to, to, arri- to seemingly arrive with a, a song like Juice, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that screams confidence but not overconfidence. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like in the song, you sort of think, yeah, she's, she's wildly confident or, or she verges on overconfidence, but you know that she's not because you know that if you get to a point where you're singing a song like that, uh, coming from that sort of an angle, you've done the work. Yeah. And not even just to be conclusive in a past tense, you've done the work and you're still doing the work. And that's what she's doing. She's just, you know, the fact that the world is caught up with her is, is our bad for taking so long. Yeah, and it's crazy. I read another article where the gist of it was, or or a section of it, was that when she went to go meet with a record um, exec, I guess, a couple of years ago, she'd already sort of had a following at this point because she'd been touring and, and gaining her sort of ground support, I guess. And mm-hmm. And what was interesting is I think a lot of times when new artists go to meet labels, they are like, I'll use this word, even though it's probably not entirely accurate, but like timid, you know, like they're really hoping the label likes them because they really want to sign this deal. And apparently the the gist of it is when she met this particular record exec, she was just so not nonchalant with it, but it was like, I'm going to make it whether you like it or not. So either you're jumping on my train and you're going to help me or you're not. And that's mm-hmm. what the label kind of said. It was like, sh- like the, the, the attitude that she got was like, wow, like I neither need to get on this or somebody else is going to get her. Yeah. And that's, I think, a, a fine balance act of, uh, or balancing act rather, of of managing your confidence. Yeah. But having some to begin with, knowing that you're bringing, you yourself as the artist are bringing something to the table. She brought, I think, the table also. Mm-hmm. And returning to her song, Truth Hurts, which again, you know, about two years after it was originally released, it, it made it to number one. What does mm-hmm. that say to you about the music industry and the fact that like this song could have been, or not could have been, it was toiling around the music industry universe and no one found out about it really? Because I think people, uh, I think the listening audience are extreme. So either they they like to know 
the message bringer or the messenger. Mm-hmm. They like to know who it is who's bringing such a, a firm stance or they like to think that they've discovered them. Right. So in this case, they, the listeners now think that they've discovered her yep. <laughs> and now they know her as a result. Right. So I think that, uh, you know, she continues to do the work and it didn't seem to, like you said, with the, the record execs, it didn't seem to matter. Well, it mattered, I think, to her to get something, but it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to stop her from doing what she was meant to do. Yes, exactly. And, and, that, and that, I mean, I think we, we read the same articles that, uh, that reflect back on, on the past few years of her life and how she got to this point and that, sure, there were hard times and sure, there were like, this isn't going to happen. I got to do something else moments. And I think that everybody, no matter what the career has, those crossroad decision-making times in their life and and she got a pep talk from her BFF and moved on mm-hmm. in the right direction. So Yeah. And I'm not sure if we read this same article, because I know we read at least one of the, of the same ones, but one that I also read, and I love that she said this, Lizzo was talking about the music industry, and she said basically that being a genre is dead, that you can do whatever you want these days. Mm-hmm. What, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I thought that was an interesting, because I don't think I've ever I've heard always, an artist say I, that. I maintain that... Uh, I've always said that music is an individual pursuit okay. and then you end up finding other people that like what you like, but that you shouldn't ever be bound by the genres that, um, that, uh, you know, a business is trying to lay out for you. Ultimately record companies want to make it easy for you to identify with what they're selling. Yeah. And that's just from a business point of view. Thankfully though, over time, artists have become more outspoken with the direction of their own careers. And it's quite evident that, you know, I think it's been a long time that, that uh, genres are, are very limiting. People don't like to be in a box. Yeah. You know, we, we've heard that for years and years. Uh, yet we can look back on certain things and compartmentalize certain songs and certain styles of music that we like and have liked over time. But I think to approach it with an open mind of, oh, I also like this kind of music is important for the, for the general listener. Right. Because, I mean, we've known people in our lives that say, I'm a rocker, man. That's all I listen to. You know, mm-hmm. and if we go back even to the late 70s where disco was peaking, all the rock, art, not all the rock artists, but a lot of prominent rock artists were also going, I got to get in on this disco thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Rolling Stones, Rod Stewart, Kiss. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they all made disco-esque records at that time. So I think that uh, to be bound by a genre is a business approach, and it, it probably works. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. But uh, as, a, as a consumer of music and a, and a purchaser of, of music, I think it's, uh, we are wise to be open-minded, period, so that we don't lose sight at the opportunity of someone like Lizzo. Now, now, your opinion on this, do you think that she is sort of like the flavor of the moment, or do you think she's going to be around for a long, long time? I think also further to the, the, the genre conversation, she may be a flavor of the moment, but I think we're, our bowl just keeps getting bigger and bigger with different flavors. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, actually, that she's going to be a flavor of the moment because I think that she's committed to her art to keep on making it and she'll find an audience somewhere. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I think that also 
the pursuit of uh, popular music success has somewhat of a shelf life on it, but it doesn't mean that that she won't carry on. Yeah, exactly. I think she has what's what it takes, especially as you and I both saw by reading that particular article mm-hmm. that she has the drive to continue no matter what, because I think it's just in her to be music and to make music and to be creative. So I, I think we should also give credit to the name of the uh, the article, which is what the world needs now is more Lizzo. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's from, awesome. Uh, Elle magazine. Yeah, it was. But, such a great I, and we talked about it too when it comes to Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah, she's talented, mm-hmm. and the confines of a a popular music arrangement that she had, where she peaked seemingly under that umbrella, doesn't mean that she can't still make music. Yeah, I, I I would hope ultimately that she knows that that she's approaching it from the right angle, and I think, you know, my fingers are crossed for her that she'll make the music if she wants to, but I look at someone like Elizzo and think she totally knows that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great that she's got this great big success, but this might be one little color in the palette of the pink, the, uh, the picture that she's painting of her life. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're, we're bound for more Lizzo. <laughs> and what's awesome too, I think, even though I don't think it was intended to, to be this, but the fact that she actually went to study flute and the fact that she's been able to incorporate that into her act and, and it's, and it's yeah. credible because she's an amazing flautist. Like it's, yeah. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a pop star play the flute you know what I mean like it just it's not it's not ever been that I don't think so it's it's well, I, really I think cool. back to from from my work experience at a rock station there's uh Jethro Tull is the name of the band and yep. Ian Anderson is uh is the lead singer and flautist for that band oh, that's awesome <laughs> that's good but have you heard of it in like pop world like I mean there's obviously ballads where let's say Beyonce for sure is probably using flutes but I don't think I've ever seen like a hardcore urban act jump around on stage uh-huh. like owning this flute, you know, like it's insane. No, I don't, I, I can't recall one yeah. either other than Ian Anderson, <laughs> but that's not, I mean, they had hits, they, yeah. you know, they made some popular music, but uh, no, I don't think people are saying, you know what, we need, to, we need to have a, a flautist to up front. Yeah. <laughs> I, more I can bet and more that there's no record company executive that has ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, thank you so much for this. I always love having you on the show. Thanks for having me. That is our music editor, Sharon Hyland. And again, you can check out the other podcast that we co-host, which is called 90s Now, where we chat about all things 90s and all things now. And you can scope it out, 90snow.com. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week. We always appreciate it. A big shout out as well to our guests, Anthony Thomas and Sharon Hyland. And of course, my thanks going out to our awesome producer, Adam Brisson. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media. You can do so by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. And you can check out more interviews on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kellyalexandershow. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.